0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of The Real View Podcast. I'm your host, Allison Wiley. With me today is our special guest, Kristen Ross with the Ohio Opioid Education Alliance. We're super excited to have uh, you on, Kristen. Thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you,
1: Allison. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, we're really excited about today's episode. So we're going to get into um, the new campaign that Ohio Opioid Education Alliance just launched um, a few weeks ago. So we're super excited to hear that and dive into more about opioid use and issues in Ohio. But before we get started on that, Kristen, I have to ask our signature question that we ask all of our guests on the podcast, which is what is the best view that you've ever seen? I have two answers that like popped into my head at
1: the same time. The first one is maybe not quite what you're looking for, but it was really, I have three kids and the view the first time I saw them was probably Mm -hmm. the best view. But the other one that popped into my head is more scenic in nature and I love the ocean. And so the best view for me is a view of the Pacific Ocean.
0: Uh, so beautiful. And we were just chatting before we started recording. I was just on the West Coast at the NAR convention when we're recording this, just got back uh, the other day. And yes, it is stunning. That Pacific Ocean is beautiful. It's a shame we're so far away, you know?
1: I know. I agree.
0: Great place to vacation though. Um, Always beautiful to get out there. So tell us a little bit about you, Kristen. What's your role with the Alliance? Um, And tell us about kind of your work there.
1: The Ohio Opioid Education Alliance is a private-public partnership in Ohio. A group of over 100 organizations have come together to tackle some hard issues. We started out tackling opioid misuse in Ohio, and now have kind of gotten a little bit larger and went broader than just opioid misuse to substance misuse, as well as stigma surrounding mental health. My role specifically with the Alliance is as the project director. So I kind of the day-to-day operations of the Alliance, um, connecting with our members, making sure that our members have resources that they need to get the message to their constituents, as well as getting new members. Uh, we really started out in central Ohio, and with this new campaign, are expanding statewide, which is an area where I think the Realtors Association could really help since you guys are statewide But as we move across the state and are in all 88 counties, we'd love to connect with everyone, with business owners, both large and small business owners, as well as government entities and agencies, nonprofits on the ground. But this is an issue that we think affects all Ohioans and so need all Ohioans engaged.
0: And I think it's it's so timely. And I don't know if there's ever been a time in our history where the spotlight on mental health has shown brighter, especially with, you know, everything we've been going through the past year and a half with COVID and going through that pandemic. It's just so timely. And I think, like you said, this is affecting everyone. Um, I don't know of many people who say, you know, their mental health is fantastic and everyone is doing great. You know, I just think this is so important and so timely. So I really love that you guys have now expanded this to include um, other substance uses and mental health. Have we seen a big uptick in this kind of topic or issue? Coming up since the COVID pandemic?
1: If you look at just opioid misuse in Ohio, if you look at prescription opioids, which is what the Denial Ohio campaign really raised awareness about, we've actually gotten a lot better in Ohio. So our number of overdoses based on prescription opioids has decreased, which is amazing. But if you look at opioids in general, our you know the numbers of opioid of um, overdoses with opioids has continued to rise, and actually last May, like May and June of 2020, were the, the deadliest numbers on, in Ohio's history since we've started keeping track, and that's really due to fentanyl. And it's due to fentanyl mixed with other substances. So fentanyl might be cut with cocaine or with marijuana, and folks don't know that they're ingesting it. And so we've seen, at the same time, this rise of substance misuse with other substances, alcohol alone during the pandemic we had some of the busiest months on record in ohio again with with folks and this was just liquor not beer or wine even with folks consuming liquor in ohio so you've seen this increase of substance misuse at the same time you've seen an increase with mental of people struggling with mental health issues more around depression, not our serious mental health issues. So we haven't seen a significant increase in things like schizophrenia, but we've seen an increase in depression and anxiety and really correlated the pandemic. And what you also see is a, not everyone, but a lot of people self-medicate with substances. If you're feeling a little down, you might have a couple glasses of wine or you might have a harder substance as a result of the pandemic. And a lot of the uncertainty that we're all going through as well as isolation from loved ones, you have seen the rise of these two issues.
0: Absolutely. So we had on, I want to say at the beginning of um, 2021, we had on Sam Keone, who's the author of Dreamland. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he was phenomenal. And I read the Dreamland book and it centers in Ohio and kind of walks through how Ohio, especially parts of Southern Ohio, really became the epicenter to this now national opioid crisis that we're in. Could you tell us a little bit about the history of opiates in Ohio, what that's been like um, and kind Of where we stand today. I know you gave some numbers and facts uh, going through what we've been through with COVID, but can you tell us a little bit about the history of this crisis?
1: I think what Dreamland did a really nice job of laying out is it was sort of the perfect storm. You had a lot of different things happening. Why Ohio, as opposed to some other states, is the highway systems that you saw 75 and 71 are thoroughfares that traffic a lot of stuff, including unfortunately trafficking um, illicit substances. So location was one piece. At the same time, if you look at the medical history, which Sam Quijones does a nice job laying out, you have um, consistently in the the 90s and 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, a level of pain became one of the fifth vital signs. And so doctors and hospitals were rated on an individual was in pain and they wanted to stop that pain. And so you had doctors prescribing opioids, you know, percocet for menstrual cramps, or you know, is something that you would never prescribe an opioid for? Opioids definitely have a place in hospitals. You know, if there's significant surgeries, it's it is the right treatment. But headaches and some of these smaller pains, the right treatment is not an opioid. But we didn't quite know everything about opioids yet, and you had this individual's patients needing to not be in pain, and so doctors were prescribing them. We started then to understand that we shouldn't be prescribing opioids, and so as a result of that, we started tightening some restrictions around with medical professionals, and medical professionals started getting more information and changing their practices. But you started seeing pill mills pop up, and you saw that in Ohio, especially in southern Ohio. We then had really great response from you know our current governor. He was a then attorney general, where we really went to shut down those pill mills, which was great. But one of the unintended consequences of shutting down the pill mills is then folks turning to, to fentanyl and illicit substances. And happening at the same time, which I didn't mention in that perfect story, is the drug cartels and drug cartels getting smarter and smarter, really figuring out how to get these drugs to individuals. And so with a phone call, I mean, it used to be that you had to go find your drug dealer and it was maybe in an area of town that was not safe. And now with a text or a phone call you could get drugs delivered to you and get them easily delivered. And so you had all these things, like if it was just one thing, maybe we wouldn't have had quite the issue that we had. But as all these things kind of coalescing, unfortunately, Ohio, we were in a, in an area where opioid misuse was pretty high. And then we have worked both through the alliance as well as with um, different legislation at the state and federal level And our great nonprofit partners really working to get the word out. We have seen a decrease in that prescription misuse of opioids, which is fantastic.
0: And it's so crazy to think back to um, times where you could just walk into a doctor's office and they would get you a prescription for whatever you wanted. And you're right, you do kind of see that becoming less and less of a thing now, is that prescription for those, you know, higher, maybe more addictive substances.
1: Yes, there have been a lot of studies, you know, done re- that on the effectiveness of acetaminophen, which is Tylenol, for example, ibuprofen or Advil and used together. Hmm. And that it's, again, depending on the surgery that you have or the, pay- the, the level of pain you're in. Oftentimes it's just as effective, if not more effective, but doesn't have that addictive tendencies, you know, their addictive properties, I should say. So that's great, we know we've learned a lot more as well. But yeah, to your point, yeah, there was a time when if you had a headache, they would prescribe Percocet, so.
0: This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-license course locations. Crazy to think about, but then when you do think about it, it's not so crazy that, you know, we ended up in this position because we were so, gave it so much leeway, you know, back before we really knew a lot about it, like you mentioned. So tell us a little bit about what are opioids? I know I want to, you know, kind of clear this up for maybe our listeners or people who don't know. Are there certain, you know, opioids that you focus on specifically during, you know, this campaign and with the Education Alliance or what are they? Could you define that for our listeners?
1: Opioids are a class of, of substances. Some of them are, are deaf prescribed and when used appropriately, definitely makes sense. Some common opioids, I think, that people probably have heard of. The most common ones are percocet and vicodin. Those are probably the most common that people would hear about. You're starting to hear a lot about fentanyl. Also, when used appropriately, it, it makes sense, but it's a synthetic opioid that is created in the lab. And this trade is actually a little bit different. The the pills that we were seeing were coming from Mexico. The synthetic opioids come from China. The fentanyl comes from China, and it's just by changing. And I'm not a scientist at all, so I don't. I can't tell you what property, but by changing a little bit of properties, they're able to that that trade. It's hard to regulate, is I guess what I'm trying to say. Um, they'll ban substances, but then they'll um, scientists will create, you know, just change just a little bit of the property and. And as a result of that, you still have a pretty deadly drug, and they folks have found that the high produced from fentanyl is is really significant, and so we'll lace it with other drugs as well, and that's kind of what we're seeing yeah. now. I think definitely in Ohio, and I would even say across the nation, we have gotten as a society much smarter on our prescription opioids. Um, doctors are doing a great job of. Prescribing it just when needed. Patients have gotten much smarter and are advocating, asking questions. You limit the amounts. Oftentimes, you used to get like a 30-day prescription. You don't need opioids for 30 days. You don't after a surgery, maybe just three days, or and so now we'll prescribe that amount. So we've put a lot of measures in place, which has helped with the prescription piece. What we're really focusing on now and looking at now is is the fentanyl being cut with other substances, and how do we respond to that, and what what do we do to limit the overdoses that we're seeing.
0: And it's just like the tiniest bit of fentanyl, right? That can be lethal. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. I mean, you've probably heard stories about where people won't even know and they they might touch a substance and will have to be rushed to the hospital. But yeah, so it's such a tiny amount.
0: And I like that you mentioned too about the high that comes from it. And Sam talks about this in his book, but so many individuals start out with Percocets or with Vicodin and things like that, but then their body gets used to it and they start, you know, building tolerance. And then is this where we're kind of seeing the entrance then of going for the next fix or the better fix? Does that play into it too?
1: you're definitely correct.
0: So tell us a little bit about, you mentioned the denial Ohio campaign and and I love that campaign. I was a huge fan. I saw the videos all over, um, you know, my TV and things like that. And that was a great campaign. Talk to us about that. Was that kind of your first campaign really that, that puts you guys on the map and tell us about where that came from.
1: Yeah, it was the campaign that really launched the Ohio opioid education Alliance And that campaign focused on two calls to action. One, talking to your kids or your loved ones, I should say, about prescription pain relievers, opioids, and then properly disposing of your medication. And we had great success with that campaign. That campaign had great recall throughout Central Ohio, was really focused on Central Ohio, though we had a social media presence across the state. And then we also found that 57% 57% of Ohioans said that because of the campaign, they talked to their kids. And 53% of Ohioans said because of the campaign, they disposed of their medication, which the numbers were phenomenal. And you know, anyone who's selling a product would love 57% of people to go buy their product. So people really resonated with the campaign organically as we, we really brought the campaign to life in Ohio's, count like central Ohio counties by telling stories of people who are in recovery and who have lost loved ones, we found that it was broader oftentimes than just opioid misuse. We started hearing about mental health coming into play. We started hearing about other substances as well that were being utilized, not just opioids. So organically, even while the Don't Live in Denial campaign was playing out in the market, on social media, in some of those organic channels, you're starting to hear a broader story be told as well. We really took note of that, as did um, the state of Ohio. And Governor DeWine and his administration came and asked us if we would be willing to create another PSA, this one that was broader, broader than opioids, but that focused on stigma surrounding mental health and stigma surrounding substance misuse. A lot of people are hesitant to get help because of stigma, not always stigma of what, what will other people think, but also internal stigmas. You know, we don't want to admit to ourselves that I have a problem. You know, we often think things like I would only have a problem if I'm a bad person, or if I'm a, have a weak character, or, you know, not understanding that it's, that addiction and mental illness—that 50% of it is genetic. We wouldn't say that about cancer. If we got cancer, we wouldn't say, "Oh, I got cancer because I'm a bad person." You know, just really changing the mindset of Ohioans, challenging the, you know, what Ohioans typically think. You know, what a lot of us think, um, and I will include myself in that. You know, I have kids, and I've said stuff to my husband like, well, "I don't know if I want him to hang out with that person," and not really understanding that—not you're a bad person, but that. Genetically, this is something that's part of you know as a disease, and so changing mindset from like a a character flaw to a disease that mental illness is a disease, addiction is a disease. Addiction can get a little tricky because sometimes that first action, you know, that taking that first drink or using that first substance, Mm -hmm. there's choice in that, but not everybody who uses who takes a drink becomes. alcoholic we have to definitely understand that it isn't based about a bad moral character or bad decisions it's a lot of it about genetic and kind of turning the mirror back on ourselves and like challenging what we think so that people can get help having conversations with our loved ones does addiction run in your family if it does making sure that our loved ones know about that that our kids are armed with that information they make good choices that maybe they don't engage in, in substance misuse. Talking about struggling with mental health and prioritizing our health and taking a time for ourselves and, and getting the help that we need so that we we are whole and healthy. I don't think many of us would think, hey, you know, I've got a cold, I'm not feeling well, or, you know, even with COVID right now, if, if we're not feeling well, we take time to rest, we get a COVID test. But if you're not feeling well, the way, you know, with your thoughts, do you take time and check in and figure out what you need? Do you talk to somebody? And a lot of times we don't. And so we really want to change that dynamic in Ohio that we think this campaign is called Beat the Stigma. We think this campaign will, just like Denial Ohio, will get Ohioans talking and thinking about it is... Like the name is Beat the Stigma. It's around sort of a a game show premise. Research found that Ohioans love game shows. It really talks about, um, you know, on the website, you can go to BeatTheStigma.org and try to beat the stigma yourself and see how much stigma you currently hold and what can you do to challenge your, your beliefs. The campaign hits market across Ohio Monday on the 22nd. You know, your listeners will start seeing it next week. It'll be in all 88 counties. So everyone, no matter where they live in Ohio, will see it. And hopefully it will get you to think when you see the creative at first, you're kind of like, wait a minute, wait, did I sit on the remote and change the channel? And then you start thinking, wait, isn't that true? It's because they made a bad choice or they hung out with the wrong people and get you to kind of stop and think, no, it's not. And what can we do to support ourselves our support loved ones or even coworkers, you know? Um, I always talk about how addiction and mental illness, they're not like the casserole diseases. You know, if one of your colleagues has cancer or or breaks a leg or an arm or something um, and has surgery, you know, we kind of rally around them. We assist with any work that they have while they're out. We set up meal trains, send texts and emails, cards, and say, let me know if you need anything. But when people are suffering from substance misuse or mental illness, we don't often do the same thing. And so would love to change that narrative would love to see people feel one to feel comfortable to say, Hey, got some anxiety or some depression, or I am struggling right now with alcohol or drugs, and that we respond the same way.
0: Absolutely. And like I said before, you know, there's no better time to start talking about this than now. And I also think that there's never been a better time where it's been okay. And I think, you know, for so long there's been the stigma (laughs) around, you know, no one talks about your mental health. Everything's always fine. Everything's always great. You never talk about feelings. You never talk about what you're going through. And we're seeing now more and more, you know, especially with some celebrities, you know, stepping away and what Simone Biles did, you know, during the Olympics was just a huge stepping stone and a step forward, I think. And what is so interesting too about opioid use, substance use, mental health is that it truly affects everyone. It's never going going to discriminate against a certain community or a type of person. It can affect everyone no matter, you know, your circumstances or what you're going through. And I think we can all relate to that somehow. And that's what makes this disease, you know, kind of different from maybe from something else that's out there.
1: Yeah, no, you said it perfectly, Allison. I think you're definitely right. I think we all either ourselves or know somebody who's suffering from one of the things in the mental illness or substance misuse in general. and just does really bring it home. I know what you said, like everything's fine. I think the pandemic, that was one maybe silver lining to the pandemic that I think a lot of us started saying, like, actually, everything's not fine <laughs> right now. You know, <laughs> how are things going? Uh, usually the, the default answer is great. Everything's great. And I, I love that you brought up Simone Biles, because I think that took a lot of courage for her to do that. But I think a lot of us could relate in our day-to-day that there are times we also needed to take a break and step back.
0: Yep, sometimes you just got to say, I can't do this today. And, you know, that should be okay. It should be okay. (laughs) And we'll get there. Definitely. So I love that you mentioned, too, that realtors can play a role in this. And um, we are, Ahoya Realtors is proud to be a part of the alliance. And I know we've worked with you guys for years. Um, We distributed doTERRA bags to give to our realtors to have them, you know, give out at open houses and make sure to take, you know, all of those pills and things like that out of the medicine cabinets before open houses. But how else can, um, realtors help and be a part of this, yeah.
1: I think I would definitely ask that realtors continue to give the drug disposal bags because we still see, um as you guys know, all too well, we still see individuals coming to open houses just to go through medicine cabinets. That call to action remains. When you're kind of walking through that checklist of listing a house, you know, having that drug disposal bag is great. I think, Another piece that would be really great and would love to work with the Realtor Association on on how best to do this is any individual realtors that have any ideas is reminding people that it's okay to ask for help. I mean, I think especially when you're buying and selling a house, that's very stressful. And I think realtors are probably in a position where you see some people who might have some anxiety around what they're about to do or maybe some depression or anything and having a resource where you could just, just remind people it's okay. And I know that can be sometimes a difficult conversation. You don't want to end anybody, but I think doing it in a way where people just know like it's okay to talk about kind of like, like Simone Biles did, or or we just talked about Allison, that we don't have to say we're okay all the time. I think that's one great way where realtors can really normalize talking about our mental and seeking help for any mental health issues that people might be struggling with or any substance misuse as well and especially since you're seeing people in, in a time when when there is a high stress and a lot of stress where people might turn to some substances or or may display high levels of anxiety, you know I think you're in a, a unique position rather than um, kind of just your everyday oh, citizen.
0: Absolutely. You know, our clients are working with people who are making, you know, the biggest decision of their lives, the biggest financial decision, you know, of their lives in most cases. And, you know, that is very stressful to say the least. And definitely great advice for our realtors working with their clients, check in with them, you know, make sure sometimes just sending that little, Hey, how are you doing? Or are you not okay today? Text, or, or, you know, just checking in with people can mean, you know, the different, all the difference in the world.
1: The other thing I'd love of real estate that I work with, my family and I work with actually, she is fantastic. She, you know, sends out emails each week and, and we'll put some like mindfulness tips. And I think that's a great way just as like a reminder and not. And another thing she does is sometimes offers yoga, uh, which I always take advantage of. Um, I love, but, you know, just kind of thinking some different ways. To of reminding people to take a breath and you know do something for themselves
0: absolutely well we are so excited to see this campaign I can't wait to check it out I can't wait I'm absolutely gonna play the game I'm so excited that you said that I can't (laughs) wait yeah I'm absolutely gonna play that and test my own knowledge so I think we all definitely have um, areas of improvement that we could do on educating ourselves and learning more about how we can be in support to each other in our community so I am really excited personally and I know our members will too we are so proud to be a part of this partnership and I can't wait to uh, work with you guys more in the future. We've got to get some more of those bags and get those out to our members. Yes, We'll get you some more. Yeah, that will be awesome. So Kristen, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for sharing all this information. So knowledgeable. So I think timely, so spot on. I think it's something that all of us deal with, like we've said, you know, in our lives at some point. So I appreciate you joining me today.
1: Thank you, Allison. I really appreciate you having me and I loved having this conversation.
0: And I do want to ask you one last thing. Where can people go to um, find more about the campaign or um, find more about you know, the alliance?
1: Yes, go to beatthestigma.org.
0: Check it out. I am so excited I'm gonna get on there and, and play a game soon as soon as soon as I can. <laughs> so to all of our listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. We will catch you next week. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions we want to hear from you? Email us at podcast at Realtors.org We'll see you next time. This has been a Humble Pod Production.